Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's raising the vibration right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Please visit us at LiveParanormal.com and all of our affiliates, iHeartRadio.com. Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM. The list goes on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host in Los Angeles. I'm a performing artist. And this show was the first outreach of a movement of peace and love and kindness and unity that I founded in 2016 after my mom's passing to carry on her teachings, both spiritual and humane. And mom always believed humanity needed more peace, more love, more kindness, more unity, and more raised vibration. And yes, that, but on this show as well, we talk about ascension. What are you doing to raise your own vibration? We talk about evolvement. How are you becoming a more enlightened person for all the good you're putting into the world? How are you taking it to inspire others? Inspiration we talk about. And, of course, love. Every week on the show, I gather people that I love and adore from all my worlds, my entertainment world, my spiritual world, uh, my world of give back. And we talk about passion and service, and what are you doing to make the world a better place? To me, that is so important. Uh, What are you doing to make the world a better place? Um, My guest today has been a really dear friend for a long time. He's a wonderfully talented person, a, a kind person, which is so important in this world, right? He's a candy maker to the stars a huge foodie. I've eaten with him many times, and I know how much he loves food. I've eaten with him everywhere from a a taco stand to the Hollywood Bowl, and I know how this man loves food. And he's now so excited for him appearing in the new Food Network show. It's complicated, complicated. Hosted by Tavis Brown, premieres tomorrow night on the Food Network, streaming on Discovery Plus, which I have because my cat at night likes to watch the Food Network. That's how he stays mellow. We watch a lot of Food Network here. He especially likes uh, uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives. That's one of his favorites. And he also loves the carnival eats. I think he thinks it's like a whole kaleidoscope of fun going on. Please welcome to the show my dear friend Frank Chastel is here. How are you, my friend? It's good to hear your voice. Well, it's good to hear your voice, too. How are you, Sheena? I'm wonderful. I'm good. We all made it through COVID, and here we are. And God bless those that didn't, but we did. And um, yes, it's wonderful did. to hear that you're doing well and to know you're going to be on this exciting show. I've seen the previews at night when Colin the Cat and I watched the Food Network. And um, so how exciting for you. And and tell my listeners a little bit about, because, you know, we talk on the show about raising the vibration, right? That's the name of the show. Um, what do you do to make the world a better place? Candy is a very important thing in people's lives, right? Because what, just what it represents is even sometimes even bigger than actually what it is, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It sweetens up the world. Right. It, it, uh, it represents fun, escapism, excitement, serotonin levels being lifted, right? I mean, it just just seeing it, like when people tell you, oh, I'm having a party and I'm having a candy bar, they get like a twinkle in their eyes because you imagine this like Wonka land, right, with an endless row of candy. 
And even in the days when I didn't eat candy, um, which should be all the time, but sometimes I slip now, but when I was hardcore, I would go and, like, still get a bag of candy and bring it to my mom, you know, because there's just something about candy. People happy. Oh, absolutely. I grew up with my hand in a cookie jar, literally, always eating sweets. And, you know, my parents had the candy business when I was a kid. I used to go with my mother out on the route where she would go and service the candy machines. We had candy machines and nut machines everywhere. One of the things that I talk about on the show, on the Food Network show, uh, about my, my history with food is the smell of roasting nuts brings me back to my childhood because my father used to have a nut roaster in the garage, and he used to roast nuts for the vending machines that my mother would go out and fill. So I just remember that smell of roasting nuts um, was just such a, a happy smell for me. And it's still, I remember not that long ago, I was somewhere where they were roasting nuts. And I just was taken back to my childhood, and it was such a wonderful feeling. Absolutely. You know what my mom loved? You know when you go to the fair or you go to a, sometimes they have them at events. Um, I used to be a zoo patron, and they would have it at the zoo members' night. When they do the the candy and cinnamon coated nuts in the giant tin, and like a it looks like a big timpani drum, and they're making those roasted nuts that have the candy coating. Oh my God, my mom loved those. And whenever I smell oh. those, I always think of her. Oh yes. Oh no, absolutely. I remember those too. Love those. So when your parents had the machines, that was back in the days when it you actually like put the money in, you twisted the thing, and like a handful of candy or nuts came out, right? Absolutely, yes. They used to have them like on the bars before you used to put them out on the bowl, the dish on the bar. They would have these the machines on the bar. They were called acorn machines. And um, you would put the money in, twist the little knob, and out would come like a handful of nuts. And they had all kinds of stuff. And then they also had the candy machines like at the butcher shop or at the supermarket or, you know, uh, the cleaners where you go in and you put a nickel in, you know, and you'd push, you'd pull the thing, same thing, you'd twist the knob and you would get a gumball or jelly beans. Or they used to have the little prizes in the little plastic, uh, you know, containers yeah. that you yeah. would put in. It would come out and you'd get a, a, a Batman ring or, you know, a, a, a little yeah. parachute toy. So, yes, all that was just such fond memories of when I was a kid. When I was a kid in the 70s, once I got an iron-on, remember iron-ons? I got an iron-on of the shark from Jaws, and I was so excited, and I had my mom iron it on one of my dad's old white T-shirts, and I wore that thing to school, and I thought I was a star. (laughs) Absolutely. Those things were so much fun. You never knew what you were going to get when you opened up one of those little, it was called a capsule. When you opened up a little capsule, and there would be all kinds of fun stuff in there. Oh my gosh, this is great! But now, now we're adults, kind of, and now we're. In... I said it, but I think it's even more than just us being adults. I think it's we live in a sanitized world, right, where that kind of thing doesn't happen. Although I have to tell you, I was in a Denny's yesterday, and they did have a machine that you put the money in, and it spit out toys. And they also had the one with the grabber that you try to go down and grab the stuffed animals with, and it was very comforting. Oh yeah, the claw machine. No longer... Yes. But the no claw more machine. loose nuts, oh, yes. right? No, no more loose and that's, nuts. And that's <laughs> no more loose nuts. No more loose candy. Even in the grocery store, I miss when you used to be able to go and they had all the bins of candy and nuts, and you could just fill a bag with what you liked. Those. That was. I oh, loved yeah. that, but I know. Now we live in a world, was, even pre-COVID, right? We live in a world where people are terrified of germs, so everything now has yep. to be individually packaged. And I think that's a shame. I miss when we were kids and we would trick-or-treat, and somebody would give you a cupcake, but then people started the razor blades in the cupcakes, and that was the end of that. But I love when you could go pick up people's baked goods. Imagine what trick-or-treating was like for folks of our parents' generation, where almost everything they picked up was something homemade. Oh, yeah, like a popcorn ball or, you know, homemade chocolates yeah. or, like you said, cupcakes and cookies. It's not that way anymore. Right. We sad. live in a different it's, world, unfortunately. We live in a it, – that is sad. I miss that. That's one of the things I think I like so much about the Food Network 
is I like watching people making all that stuff because um, it's fun to see that that still happens. That there are still shops that you can go and buy cupcakes. There are places you can still go and, and buy homemade cookies because everything has become very corporatized. And I especially love uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives because I like to see places where people are still making their great-grandparents' recipes from 100 years ago. I think it's so important that we, that we pass that on. Oh, absolutely. And it's a shame because, you know, COVID did really put so many of those shops out of business because, you know, the mom and pops just couldn't survive without having the customers and, you know, with the overhead and the employees and everything like that. And so a lot of, you know, places that we love so much are gone. I, I'm glad that some have continued to be able to survive and stay in business. But and that's what I love about diners, drive-ins, and dives as well is that you see them, and you, I always love it when they do local ones so that we can go. I mean, even if it's in Long Beach or, you know, even a sure. drive up to Santa Barbara, it's still fun. But I, I love it when they do it locally so we can go, actually go to these places. And what a wonderful boost to give to them. And also, you know, they have, what, Food Truck Nation and all these different things where you can learn about what different Carnival Eats is fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, what's the one I'm well, really into now that comes out in the middle of the morning? Cullen wakes me up in the middle of the morning for kisses because he's a baby. Um, oh, Cheap Eats. I love Cheap Eats because every time he's in it, and it shows you a breakfast place, a lunch place, a dinner place, a, a, a snack place in that city. And I think it not only is exciting because you get to see these people and why they open their restaurants and their stories, but I think it's also wonderful because you get to see the culture of food reflected in a city, and you learn more about the cities in your country. And I think so many people never leave their own area, and it's so important to learn about what's there outside of your own backyard, you know? Absolutely. Well, this new show that I'm on called It's Complicated that will premiere tomorrow night on the Food Network with the host, uh, Tabitha Brown. And uh, Manit Shohan is one of the guests. She won the champion, the uh, the Food Network champions a couple of years ago, and she's been on a lot of shows. She's had her own show, and she's also been a judge on many shows, including Chopped. Um, but the thing about this show is this is groundbreaking for the Food Network because it is a vegan show. It's a vegan cooking show, and they've not had one wow. on before that does that. And the irony is, I'm, I'm a judge. I'm very excited to be a judge on this. The irony is, I hate vegetables. So these cooks I was and these chefs really that, had a challenge. Right. You know, these, these chefs had a challenge to cook something, you know, vegan that somebody who hates vegetables would like. And I have to say, you, you'll have to watch it to see what happens, but these guys did really good. They really did very good. So I'm very excited. Right, because you've never met a vegetable you liked. How many times have we been out and I've actually eaten your vegetables? Oh, yes. Everybody always eats my vegetables. That's if I can't get them to not put it on my plate. I do eat corn. I will, you know, disclaimer, I like corn. But some people tell me, oh, well, corn isn't a vegetable. Well, yeah, it is. I yeah. mean, but it's, it's, it's not it green, is, luckily, it, so. But it's a vegetable like potatoes are a vegetable. You eat potatoes, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a starch, exactly. Right. It's a, yeah, and I think at this point it's kind of a frankenfood. I agree it's delicious, but I, I agree the same thing. <laughs> I don't think we count it as a vegetable anymore, but it is delicious. Um, and sometimes I con myself into thinking I had a vegetable that day when it's corn, and then I have to remind myself I'm just lying to myself. But sometimes we do that. Um, but I love being out with you because I score some great vegetables, and um, and I and I love vegetables. Um, how do you not eat that? I mean, does your body not ever scream at you that it needs vegetables? You know, I'm putting so much in the other things in my body. I mean, with the meats and the potatoes and the and the sweets. I mean, all the other things that I eat. I don't think it really misses them. And there's sometimes when I will. You know, I will, you know, surprise myself and eat something that has vegetables in it, but it's sort of, it's sort of hidden in whatever else it is I'm eating. You know, I just, as a matter of fact, today I had a slider 
um, from uh, ironically from a sushi place, but uh, they uh, they put tomato on it, and I usually never eat tomatoes. I mean, I do not like tomatoes. Everything I order says no tomatoes, and it's sliced very thin. And it actually, I really actually liked it with everything else on the slider. You know, it just, it, it was okay. So I didn't spit it out. I did eat it. Um, but normally that is not something that is on my menu. So let me ask you something interesting. Do you eat tomato sauce? I like, like tomato sauce and I like ketchup. But I don't like chunky tomato sauce. I don't like, you know, like sometimes you'll get a pizza you know, I don't mind the tomato sauce on the pizza, but I don't like it when they put tomatoes on the pizza. Numero Uno used to put tomatoes on their pizza. It was in their sauce. I hated that. Yeah. No, I have to tell you, because I'm the same way. I don't like tomatoes. I know people gas now. I I do like, I think I've learned to eat them on burgers. But if it's a chicken sandwich or something I almost, or a club, I almost always ask for it without tomatoes. I, I kind of sometimes make myself just to do it, but I don't like them. I do like pizza sauce. Yep. I do like red sauce in Italian food. Um, it's not my favorite. I'd rather have white sauce. I know white sauce is so horrible for you, but bring that on. Um, but I'm the same way. I, I don't. I like the taste of tomatoes. I don't like the texture. And I'm the same way with onions. Like I don't mind something with onion powder in it, but I don't like the texture of onions. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can understand that. Well, I like I like um, well, like I like grape juice, but I don't like grapes. I don't like the texture of the grapes. Oh, interesting. So you're not really a fruit person either, or just grapes? No, and I'm not really. Well, like I I like apple juice. I drink a lot of apple juice, and I like like a cut up apple, like a sliced apple, fresh. But I do not like apple pie. I do not like cooked apples. Um, I do not really like any fruit pies unless it's lemon meringue or maybe a coconut cream. But I don't like any berry okay. pies. I don't like cherry pies. You know, don't like rhubarb. Don't you know? So yeah, it's it's probably fruits and vegetables. I like bananas. Okay, but will you eat a banana, or do you just like bananas in things? No, I will eat a banana. I'll eat a banana. Okay. That's interesting. That's so interesting because yeah. I think a lot of people, when they get to be your age, um, you know, no longer a child or in their 20s, they they train themselves to eat things they don't like. And I kind of think it's admire you that you haven't because you're very stuck to your guns. I think that's pretty groovy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I I consider myself a big foodie. I love food. I love to eat. There's nothing, you know, the, I like a buffet because there's so many choices and you can try a little of this and try a little of that. I'm the kind of guy that I go I to a restaurant and most of the time I, I like, I, we always argue over who's going to pay and it's not like, oh, no, I don't want to pay. It's, oh, no, I want to pay. No, let me pay. No, let me pay. And I always get, I always win being able to pay because I tell the person that I'm going with, I, I you can't pay because I saw the menu, and I want to order everything on the menu, and I don't want you to have to pay for that. Yeah. Okay. okay. I love so, that. I will, I, will let, I will let you pay, and I will eat the vegetables you don't want, and I have on both occasions. The, the, there you go. Yes, I know. And I was when you mentioned the Hollywood Bowl, I remember that. We had a, what a wonderful night. We had beautiful box seats, oh, and yeah. the food was delicious, great. and the show was great. Was fantastic. Yes. Steely Dan, everything was wonderful. Yeah, it was really groovy. It was a great night. Now, I will never forget one of the best nights of my life, and I thank you for that. You are wonderful. Oh, you're um, so sweet. But that's part of who you are, right? I think that's part of being the candy man. And on this show, we talk a lot about how important it is to spread love, right? But to to bestow upon people some candy, some ice cream, I mean, that really is showing love, right? It's, it's bringing happiness into people's lives. And that's a way to show love. Well, absolutely. And I'm also very much involved in charity. Um, I, I, my, my pet organization is the Thalians. Um, it's been around for over 65 years. It deals with mental health. Um, for many years, we were affiliated with Cedar sinai Medical Center, and we raised money, over $60 million, 
for the treatment of, uh, of mental health from pediatrics to geriatrics. And then when we parted ways with them, we partnered up with uh, UCLA, and we are now supporting Operation MEND from UCLA that helps the returning veterans, the, our, our soldiers that have come back that have been injured. Um, they help heal them in both mind, body, and spirit, and we deal with the mental aspect of it in helping them heal from their injuries. And it's a very worthwhile cause, and it's something that's really near and dear to my heart. Um, I've been on the board for uh, nearly 20 years, and I'm very excited that uh, at our last board meeting, they elected me president. So now I am president of the organization, and I, I am so very, very honored. Um, the first president was Debbie Reynolds back in 1957. So I'm really following in some really big footsteps. To let me know what I can do and the show can do to support what you're doing because um, I think that's wonderful. And I think if we've learned anything from this COVID time, it's that we more than ever now need to band together and remember that we're one human family and, and really, really support each other. Absolutely. And, and they also, the COVID also, as people were, having to stay at home and not go out and not socialize, you know, it really, it played a huge impact on the, on the mental health of many people. Um, it's not easy to do that. You know, solitary confinement can make somebody go crazy, literally, um, but it can, uh, you know, make people depressed. It can, you know, affect them in so many different ways. And, you know, we, when we hurt ourselves, when we, when we break a bone or, you know, we have a stomach ache or, you know, we have injuries. We go and we get healed. We go to a doctor. Well, the same thing for our minds, you know, when we have, you know, some mental issues from depression to, you know, just, you know, not feeling well, not being in a funk, you know, feeling lonely, whatever, that also can be treated. And it's so important to take away that stigma of, you know, that it's, that it's not good to do that. But it's very healthy to do that and can really enhance somebody's life. So we really try and encourage people to, you know, get treatment for anything that they need. If they just want to talk to somebody, it makes a world of difference in your life. I agree 100%. I think that I agree with you 100%. I think that it's so important, and, um, uh, and I'm so happy that you're supporting that right now and that you've become part of, of really getting behind that. Um, how did you do during COVID? Because we haven't had you on the show since I haven't had you on the show. We haven't done a show together since then. Say we like there's a staff of people that help me here. Um, because I think of you as a very extroverted person. I'm more of an introvert who's learned to become an extrovert. So I actually sort of like the break and the time at home where I didn't have six things to do every day. But what about for you? What was it like for you, especially to have restaurants closed? And um, what did you do during, let's say, that first year, during the 2020? You know, it was very difficult. It really was. Um, I, I live alone. I have my dogs, which are really my family, but I don't have any – I don't have a partner. I don't have a roommate. I am not, you know, married. So that was, I think, the hardest part was, you know, you can always go out and socialize with somebody and meet somebody for dinner or go see a movie or whatever, so you have that contact with people. But when we couldn't do that, suddenly you are by yourself. And that was very difficult for me. Um, I think I really turned to social media, um, Facebook, uh, you know, being able to connect with people that way, to be able to just, you know, message people and keep in touch by phone. Uh, that was important to be able to do that. But I'm not going to lie. It was very difficult being alone. I, I had some, I worked at a hotel right down the street from my house. I pretty much retired. Um, so I really wasn't, you know, I don't have to work, but to be able to just have, you know, socialize and get out and do something and feel productive. And this was literally right across the street from my house. You walk right down the street and I'm there. And so I was able to do that. Uh, we were behind the barrier and we wore masks. And, I mean, we took every precaution, um, but that was nice to at least be able to get out and do that. The hotels, there were many nights where I was just by myself and there was nobody there, you know, because people really couldn't travel and it was just, it was tough times. But at least it got me out of the house a couple of days a week and that was important for me. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have that. 
Um, but I, I, I have to admit it was, it was hard. And I, I know it was hard on a lot of people where you just, you know, special events couldn't happen. Weddings were canceled. Birthday parties were not being thrown. You couldn't celebrate anything. It was just so difficult. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're sort of getting past it. I get very nervous every time there's a, you know, a rise in, in it and then looks like, Oh, master back on again. It's like, I, you know, I, I like everybody else just want to get back to normal, but I think we sort of have a new normal now in our lives. I agree. I think normal has changed. You know, I started a new talk show. I took my daily Sheena Metal Experience show and I turned it into a video format and made it a weekly talk show. And I worked for a wonderful company, KGRA, Digital Broadcast Network. Um, but I, I started in January and it was really the first time that I was launching a new project where I didn't feel like I had to apologize that it was online because I really believe that that has become our new normal. And it's fine by me because, uh, like I said, I think maybe we all need a break from the hustle and bustle. I notice when I call and talk to people online, um, uh, like, you know, customer service reps for the cable company or the phone company or whatever I'm doing, the ones that are at home just feel like so much more relaxed. And I think that that is uh, so nice for folks to be able to work in their house and, um, you know, be around their children and be around their animals. You know, I've always worked um, partially at home. Now I work all out of my house, wherever I am, whether I'm in, at the beach or in the valley or wherever I am. And I, you know, take the cat with me, and we just hang. And it's such a more relaxing life than having to be, like, a hustle and bustle. I can imagine for people that have to be in an office of, um, today I talked to a lady from the cable company. I, I am, you can congratulate me. I'm officially divorced from cable. I have ended my toxic long-term relationship with cable. And I was canceling my cable service, and she, she was in this place, and I could hear all these people in the background, and, people talking and talking, and I thought, oh, my God, you had to go back to that. And it's so weird because we haven't heard that in so long, right? That's a very stressful life that neither you or I really had to have. Um, but I feel bad for folks who are stuck in a situation like that where they're, they have to do extreme people in every day, you know? Well, yeah, and there were so many people that were, you know, working from home that still now are working from home. Because I think it really changed the way that we do business in the yes. world, you know, yes. that we realized you really could be anywhere. You, I mean, honestly, you, if you weren't going into your office and you were working from home and you were online and doing it by either telephone or computer, it didn't matter where you were. And so that sort of yes. freed a lot of people, gave a lot of people a lot of freedom to be able to really live a different kind of a life where they weren't, like you said, you know, tied down to having to go to that office every day and, and the, 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 you know, drive in traffic and deal with everything you have to deal with. I mean, you get out of bed, you go and fix yourself a cup of coffee or have a cup of juice and you plop yourself down. You don't even need to put, a, a, you know, your pants on. You can wear your bathrobe. It's, it's changed exactly. uh, uh, the well, way nothing. we do. And I, I think it's for the better. I think it's, it's definitely for the better. No pants at all. You can porky pig it all the way. Nope. No pants at all. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I think, but I think it makes people um, more relaxed and more happy, and I think it's a good new normal. I think we have to remind people that it's still important to get out and socialize, but I think overall it's a very healthy thing, this new normal. I remember oh, I worked in the music business for so many years, and I remember working in the business in the transition between having to pay for an hourly studio and having a studio in your home. And I really believe that for musicians at any level, whether they're huge stars or uh, they're just starting out, having the, the comfort of playing in your own home and not having to go to a place where the engineer looks bored and the producer's wrapping his knuckles on the, on the console and every minute costs you money, that's a very pressured situation to create art under. And I think home studios have been wonderful for people to be able to make this beautiful stuff in the environment that they love. And I think working at home for people is doing the same thing. And I think we don't need to fear our new normal. It's not like no one's ever going to go out and go to a concert or 
there's never going to be a play again or it's not it's nothing everything is an ending it's just that it's um you just have the options now there's options and you you're allowed to take time and relax society has, has given you a path to relax when you need to and i think as people yes. frank that we really needed that i agree absolutely you know i went to a play last night and uh, the last time I had gone was, uh, like, I think, uh, I don't even remember when it was, but everybody in the audience, you know, they were just getting back to going out again, and everybody had masks on. And this time we got there, and we saw maybe a few people in masks, but most people weren't wearing masks. And we said, do we need them? And they're like, it's optional. It really is. And I think so many of us are burnt out by it, and we figured, well, we've been vaccinated. We should be safe, you know, from it. So, you know, uh, you you sort of decide on your own what your own comfort level is when you're around people. Um, but I like rather having a choice as opposed to being, you know, mandated to have to wear them. I agree. Yeah, the mandating is hard, I think, because I think we felt like we were sort of in a prison state for a while, uh, locked down. Well, yeah, um, and then you, you – you, exactly, and then who's to enforce it? You know, if you're out and there's always that rogue person who – doesn't, you know, first of all, is, you know, a conspiracy theorist and thinks it's all a bunch of fake baloney. And, you know, nobody's going to tell them that they have to put a face mask on. And so now you're dealing with, you know, just regular people. I mean, how many videos have we seen on TV where people end up in fights and arguing and, you know, the, the, the as they call them, the Karens are out there. It's crazy. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, the Karens are out of control. So I have a Karen story. I don't think I've ever told this on the air, uh, on any of my broadcasts. I'm going to give you my Karen story. So I'm in the I'm in the car uh, with my girlfriend, and we're driving home from dinner. And she says, "Oh, um, there's a house," uh, because you know, for most of COVID, I stayed with her because I was getting my house ready to move in. And two months ago, I moved into my house, so. We're doing a lot more things in Huntington Beach now. And she said, oh, over here when I first got married, I almost bought this house, and it was so big, and I almost got it for a song because I just built them. I said, oh, well, show me where it is, and let's look it up on Redfin and see what it's worth now for a laugh. So we drive in this place, this complex that I used to go every year with my mom, and we would go look at the Christmas lights. So very familiar to me. We go, and she takes a picture of the house. We're driving away. And there's this woman standing out pulling her trash can in, and she starts videotaping us. So we waved at her because we were like, hi, we're nice ladies in a Mercedes. Hello, neighbor. It was not a whole far, far away five minutes from where I live. So two weeks later, I get a notice in the, in the mail, of course at night, because this thing never happens in the day when you can just call, from the Huntington Beach chief of police that my car has been implicated in a felony. And felony is in all caps, right? It says, Frank, there is a there has been a felony and your car has been named as part of the felony and we've looked you up to the DMV and realized you're the owner and you have ten days to call us before we issue a warrant. And so I'm like freaking out, like what did I do? What have I been mistaken for? Do I have a stalker? What does felony mean? Like, it was a sleepless night. So the next morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, I call the officer, and he's super sweet. And sure enough, he says, I heard you're spending a lot of time in this track. And I said, a lot of time? (laughs) I went there one time. I don't think I've been there since my mom died six years ago. He's like, oh, okay, because a neighbor videotaped your car, and she said that you've been seen driving up and down the street numerous times on a regular basis, stopping and casing out the houses, and she thinks she named you as part of the burglary ring that's been that's been happening in this neighborhood. And I was like, you know, don't, Karens have gone too far, Frank. What? I was there one time. We took one picture. She said I was driving up and down every street. Well, yeah, we were trying to find the house, but how did she know that? She was only on one street. So you have to be careful now about, like, driving down a street because the Karens oh are my out God. there. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm going to tell, tell you a story, too. I'm 
I'm driving down the street. I'm driving down, you know, Magnolia Boulevard, right before Coldwater. There's that uh, um, nursery that's over there across from Ralph. Right. Anyway, I'm driving, and the car, the van in front of me, a minivan in front of me is stopped in the middle of the street. And so I, I, I'm pulling, I, I, you know, didn't realize they were stopping because I was driving behind them. So, of course, I end up stopping, and I'm just sitting going, well, what are they doing? And then I see the reverse lights come on. And I'm like, what the hell is she doing? And she starts backing up. And I'm honking my horn. I mean, I'm shouting. I'm honking my horn. Well, she backs into me. And I'm like, what the heck? So we both pull over. I get out of the car. And I'm like, what, are you, what did you do? Why were you doing that? Were you, there wasn't even like a parking space. What, what, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I made a mistake. I dropped something on the floor. And I went to pick it up. And it went into reverse. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. And so we exchange information. There's nothing wrong with either of our cars, really. It wasn't like it was a, a, you know, a big bump, but it was just, you know, it was a tap. So that was it. That was it. Went on my way. Well, I, too, got one of those letters that I was involved oh. in a hit and run and oh. that I need to call the police. And I'm trying. I'm racking my brain. What 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 kind of hit and run was I involved with? When did I? I'm really now. I'm starting to think. What did I do? Just like you, and so and same thing. You get the you get this letter when you get home in the evening, so you can't call anybody. You have to wait. Uh-huh. It's a sleepless night. I call the next day, and the guy is telling me, "Oh yeah, where it happened and everything." And I remember it's this woman, and I say, "Hold on yeah. one second. and I go out to my car, and I still had her information in my car. So I came back in, and I'm like, okay, is this the name of the person that filed the complaint? And the officers, well, yeah, it is. How, how do you have that information? And I told him the story. I said, this woman, this is, she deliberately hit me so she could file an yeah. insurance claim. This is crazy. Exactly. Well, I had to go to the yeah. cop anyway. I had to go by the police station so they could examine my car to see if there was any damage. Of course, there was no damage. And then I get a call from my insurance company that she put in a claim. And she had the same insured. It was the same insurance company. And I told them, if you pay out, I will sue you for this because this is, this is a bullshit claim. And they said, well, you know, we're not supposed to tell you this, but since she's insured and, you know, it's the same insurer, there is a red star by her name that she has filed several claims over the past three years. So yeah, they That's ended up not trick, paying right? anything because out. Yep, yep. Because you're almost always at fault if you rear-end somebody. Even if somebody stops in the middle of traffic, if you rear-end them, you're at fault. So she's found right. a way to make it fault by backing into them. Yeah, I had that Isn't happen. That something crazy? like that happened once uh, in Sherman Oaks. I was at the bank in Sherman Oaks, the one on Venture and Hazeltine, and I was in the parking lot and I got in my car, I'd gone to the bank, I got in my car, I turned my engine on and I was just about to back up and I heard somebody pounding my car with their fists and screaming at me. And I looked over and there was this like homeless guy and he was like beating the car and I leaned out the window and I said, hey, I'm backing up, please get away from my car. He's screaming at me, screaming at me. A couple weeks later, I get a call from the police department and this officer says, um, I understand you hit a gentleman in a parking lot. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, I got, we got a report that you, you tried to run over a guy in a parking lot. You backed into him. And so I told him the story that he was this crazy guy. He was punching the car, screaming at me. And he said, yeah, he claimed he had a witness. But when I called the witness, she never answered the phone. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on out there, right? And, and I understand this lady is scared because there are burglaries happening in her neighborhood. But I think sometimes we need to not be such a Karen. I mean, all she would have had to have done was wave us over and said, hi, what are you ladies doing? Because, I mean, it's very common, especially in a neighborhood like that. I mean, I grew up in this neighborhood, that when you're looking for houses, you drive up and down the street seeing which houses are for sale or look. So I'm thinking about adding on to my house, knocking out my roof and putting in some extra bedrooms. 
So I've been running, driving up and down the streets in my own neighborhood looking for the same model that I have now, because there's five models, and seeing who's done alterations to it to get ideas for what I want to do and who's changed their patio, who's changed their front landscaping. I've called my real estate friends and asked them to look it up. There's, I never knew that it was illegal to drive up and down the street. But it's crazy. It's it's the world. One of the things I think about COVID that's not good, Frank, is I think being so insular and everybody being at home and everybody only being with their immediate families has made people very fearful of the other, the outside, what goes on on the street. And I don't think we need any more of that because we already had a problem with that, you know? Yeah, no, we need to get over that. We need to, everybody needs to, you know, get over it and, and, and be nice. Just be nice. It doesn't hurt to be nice. No, I agree. My mama used to say that. It's just as easy to be nice, she used to say. And, and that's certainly true, right? It's just as easy to be nice. So yeah. getting back to your show tonight, which is so exciting, how, how did you do with uh, eating um, plant-based food? Well, you know, one of the things they said is, do, have I ever had the Beyond Meat, the fake meat? And I said, you know, I, I eat meat. Why would I want to eat fake meat? I don't need to eat fake meat. I eat real meat. So, but right. I will say that one, one, you'll have to watch. I can't give it all away, but you'll have to watch and of see because somebody does use a, a fake meat product, and, and, and I found it really amazing. I really did. So um, it, it, was, yeah. it, it was an interesting experience. I, I absolutely love it. I hope everybody else loves it as well. Um, and I'm just so excited to be on the Food Network. I'm so excited for you, sweetie. What an exciting time and what an exciting thing. What What are you hoping to do with your retirement? I mean, you, you still make candy, right? I mean, you're still doing special event things? You know, I do it just for friends and for people that I know that if they want something, you know, chocolate's in my blood, so I'll always want to make stuff. I've got all the supplies and everything so that's you know i i sold this shop and retired so i don't really do that anymore you know for a living but uh you know i i just i'm enjoying my my um my charity work i'm actually opening up a new shop at the hollywood museum for the thalians it's going to be a collectible and memorabilia shop where we get donations from celebrities and from people that have celebrity items and We'll be selling souvenirs for the museum as well as, you know, we've got, like, I Dream of Jeannie bottles that were signed by Jeannie herself, or Barbara Eden. We've got all kinds of different celebrity memorabilia, Debbie Reynolds, Carrie Fisher. We've got all kinds of stuff. I'm very excited. And so I'm in the process of building that out and getting that ready. We'll probably be open by the end of this month or the beginning of September, and 100% of the proceeds go to charity. So I'm excited about that. That's something that I've really been busy doing. And also, the Thalians have their winter gala in December, um, where we will be honoring Dr. Phil and his wife, Robin. Of course, talk about somebody that's worked in the field of mental health. Dr. Phil certainly has done that. And uh, we'll be honoring him and his wife at a big gala. Um, There'll be information on our website. You can go to Thalians, T-H-A-L-I-A-N-S, Thalians.org. And you can see about it on our website and see some of the past honorees that we've had over the last 60 years. I mean, we've honored everybody from Debbie Reynolds, who was, of course, our president. We got Bob Hope, um, uh, uh, Phyllis Diller, uh, Lucille Ball, Clint Eastwood, Mickey Rooney, Sir Roger Moore, um, Lena Horne, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, it really is a who's who list of people that we've honored over the years. So. Um, I'm working on that, and uh, tickets will be available soon. It's December 3rd, and it will be at the Hollywood Museum as well. So I'm keeping very busy. I'm doing a lot of stuff. That's fantastic. I was just thinking about Danelle, the wonderful Danelle Dadigan, who owns the Hollywood Museum, because the last time I saw her was when I did your show with her, and we talked about the haunted aspect of the Hollywood Museum, and I would love to – to get her on a show here and just talk about the paranormal in there because that place is so haunted. As as a psychic medium and an empath, it's uh, you got to kind of hold your breath there sometimes. Oh yes, absolutely. I'm sure she would love to. I'll, I'll mention that to her as well. 
I just saw her last night. She, we and I, we both went to the play together um, and saw that. And then uh, actually she's got some events coming up uh, at the museum, which are very exciting. They've always got something new. They just did the Our Gang exhibit, 100 years uh, since Our Gang premiered, and they had uh, all kinds of stuff for that. So it's, it's always fun there. I keep telling her she should do a haunted Hollywood museum um, for the Halloween season. I- and I think she would do very well there, raise money. The museum itself is a 501c3 charity. So she, you know, is keeping Hollywood alive in her own way through that wonderful museum. Well, tell her if she needs someone to come down and do readings for it or paranormal tours, I would love to. Absolutely. I will let her know. Because I really believe in uh, promoting the paranormal history of Hollywood because Sometimes just because people are interested in the paranormal, they'll get interested in history. And I just want people right. to become more, more interested in the history of Los Angeles. Because we, we spend cool. so, many time, so much time in L.A. telling other people's stories through creative projects. We don't spend enough time telling our own stories. And there's so many to tell, you know? Yes, there are. That's awesome. Congratulations to you with all that and all the wonderful work you're doing on the Thalian. And, you know, I tell the story all the time about my mom's memorial service and, and how somebody made white chocolate angels for everybody. I'll say now it was Frank. It's not a secret, but now that I've got you on the show, I want to make sure I put, I put you with that memory that I talk about all the time, how important it was for me that you became a part of her memorial. And also after she passed, that I became close with both your parents, who sort of became like, of parental figures to me right after she passed, and I felt so orphaned. And I'm so grateful to you and to both of them for that. And I hope all three of them are having a hell of a fun time right now at home. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. Many, many, many happy times together, and I'm so glad that you got to know them and, and, and be part of their lives as well. Um, they were very fond they of were- you. Uh, yeah, I miss I them every day. Know. How are you doing? Because it's, it's hard to be – I'm bringing this up because I'm living back in the house I grew up in now. And it's, um, it's a lot of memories, right? The first couple of weeks, it was a lot. Um, I think you never stop missing your parents, right? It's, you go on and you're happy and you have a great life, but it's never quite the same life as before. You know, it really isn't. And, and there are so many changes in my life since they've passed. And it's only been, you know, my dad only two years, my mom four years. They passed away two years apart on the exact same day. They both passed on the same on the same day, which is very weird. But um, yeah, it was. It's you know, I miss not being able to talk to them. I mean, I still talk to them. I, I hope that they're listening. But you know, it's not the same being able to see them. My my meals with Mel that I would go and have dinner with my dad all the time and we would go out or I would go to where he was staying and they had a wonderful chef and the food was delicious. I used to love to go and just pop in and have dinner with him. I would see him almost almost every other day. And, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, the changes when you go through so many changes in your life, you know, like, like the show, I mean, I, I know they would be very proud of me, you know, and, and would just be, you know, enjoying it so much and telling all their friends to oh tune God. in tomorrow oh and watch Frank on the Food Network, you know. I mean, they were very yep. proud parents. And so I miss, I miss that aspect of it. It's, you know, sometimes melancholy, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of me that, you know, I know that they would be proud of me. I love that. I love that. I think that's so wonderful. I'm proud of you. And you will always have a soul sister in me. And I think you're wonderful. I thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you online and get to know you better? Well, you can find me on Facebook in two places, either just Frank Sheftel on Facebook, or the one I'm really proud of is Foodie Frank. All one word, Foodie Frank, um, on uh, on Facebook. And you can follow my foodie adventures of going to all the different restaurants or just trying new foods. And, of course, now the new food show. I'm very excited about that. I'm also working on a, a project that uh, I can't really talk about right now, but hopefully uh, it's going to be something very exciting, again, to deal with food and the Food Network. We know I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to have become in that universe of them. I'm very excited about that. But, uh, yeah, Foodie Frank, check me out. 
I love that. That sounds like an Instagram too. Do you have an Instagram? You know, I don't. I'm going to work on that. I'm I'm still living, you know, in the fax machine era. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm slowly. Yes. So, you know, it's it's. I'm not a. I'm not very techy. I'm foodie, not techy. So I'm working on it. Send yourself a fax message, reminding yourself that you need an Instagram. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you right, so thank much you for, for having me here, on. It's friend. always a pleasure. And I look forward to sharing a meal with you very soon. Yes, let's do it soon, and I can't wait to see you. Let's do this again, too. The wonderful Candyman of the Stars, Frank Chestel. Check him out tomorrow night on his Complicated on the Food Network. If you missed any of those links, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's where you can find me to learn about my spiritual life, my entertainment life, my give-back life. All of it is at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Until I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration, and know that you are loved, and you are loved, and I, you are loved by me. Um, you can find me on social media, at Sheena Metal. Also, um, my nonprofit, RaisingTheVibration.org. I'll see you next Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time right here. On Live Paranormal and iHeartRadio. See you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.